Hey, everything's gonna be okay. Everything's gonna be okay. Everything's gonna be okay! I said everything's gonna be fucking okay! Lord, I've had a good life, and I think I lived it right. Bet there's a big old orgy waiting for me in the sky. I'm sure behind them pearly gates there's booze and weed and pills. But if there ain't sluts in heaven, Lord, send me down to hell. I got to tell you, I like mousy little blonde chicks that are that weird. Same here. It's kind of why when I stumbled across that that little clip of her, that I was like, oh, shit. She's got tats. Yep. Red flags are a green light. She's got multi kind of colored hair. It's not real. And yet the girl can do the whole type of shit i'm like oh shit we got a death singer all right i i I could get into this this chick would be fucking fun she she reminds me of a young high energy version of the vampire chick from those videos i used to make remember vampire chick oh yeah 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 okay yeah kind of reminds me of her except i think vampire chick is more low energy than yeah hers was a little up there which i like i don't mind that i don't need a chick that's super low energy i kind of like them when they're a little amped up it's kind of fun well one of the things about you know before we get into the meat and potatoes of tonight's discourse is that one of the things that that bothers me about the the man space (laughs) the retarded playground the gay monastery is that the gay monastery yeah is that uh the swishy streets (laughs) is that (laughs) is that everybody is like you know there's that whole there's that whole cult of all right well i'm not going to i'm not going to give any woman my energy unless she meets exactly these parameters because if she doesn't then i'll probably then i'll probably end up in jail right well yeah probably And, and it's like Man, I've I've gone out with all kinds of psychos and I've never gotten anywhere near jail because of it. Now, again, A, I'm more of a risk taker than most people. Same. And and B, because I'm more of a risk taker than most people, I also have a lot more experience with procedures and buffers and all the other kind of shit that allows me to have the kind of fun I want to have. Mm-hmm. and still retain control. And I think when when dudes are really afraid of all that, what they're really afraid of is they know that if a girl hits the right combination of buttons, then they lose their frame. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And they end up totally in her frame. And that now that's happened to me in the past and when I was younger. Same. Yeah. That 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 no longer happens. And so for me, I'm not nearly as now I'm, you know, obviously I'm like you. I'm picky about anybody I'm going to have repeat business with. Mm-hmm. And then I'm, you know, picky about anybody I'm going to have any kind of long-term deal with mm-hmm. because because those are different stories, but you know, hey, you know, it's like it's like a Whitman sampler. I want to I want to stick my finger in all of them and you know mm-hmm. see, right. see which ones I like the best, you know. And, right. uh, you know, so How I'm do not you know until you know Right. Right. 
so I'm not I'm not saying that that would work for everybody else. But what I'm saying is, you know, I'm going to have a little fun, but I'm the guy, you know, I would re- if push came to shove, especially at this point, since my kids are grown, you know, I if if I had to choose between, you know, just not doing anything that I wanted and getting in trouble for something, I'd rather get in trouble mm-hmm. provided provided, you know, that it's it's bullshit trouble. Right. You're not going to prison for 20 fucking years. Right. I'm not. And, you know, I would I would never intentionally, you know, do anything that would get me in that kind of trouble, you know, unless I was, you know, shooting somebody breaking into my house. But in my state, you know, it's all good. So I don't worry about that. Kind of here, too. It's they come into your home. It's caveat emptor at that point. And let the entry beware. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, if you're if you're afraid of what a chick could do for you, then obviously, you know, mm-hmm. either either you need to figure that shit out or you just need to, you know, get your bot. <laughs> well, it, it's like Nuke said the other day, you know, guys aren't avoiding marriage. They're avoiding divorce, to which I retorted. No, they're not. They're avoiding rejection. OK, to that- which I retorted. They're avoiding themselves. Well, yes, absolutely. When you come right down to it, if you really want to get existential, you're correct. Okay. That's the point. It's most guys today, guys like Nick, guys like me, we, we've been fucked up in whatever way. We, we've had the woman who did the thing, whatever the thing was. Okay. Or you created your own reality where you woke up one day and David Burns from the talking heads was like, where's my beautiful wife? You know, or this is my beautiful house. How did I get here? Yeah, you're, yeah. That you're like, what I've the fuck? Happened? Yeah. Same. Okay. You wake up one day and you're like, wow, here's this life I have. It's nothing like I envisioned. I'm not even a part of it. And this sucks. Okay. That's my point from my perspective. And that's where I learned, okay, well, I did. I broke all the cardinal rules when it comes to the manosphere, you know, to the gay monastery. You know, I married fucking crazy because I did. I married a professional victim. I married someone that has more tattoos than me and blah, 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 blah. I did it, okay, because ah, I can handle this, and I did for a minute, and then I got lazy, tired, complacent, just didn't want to rock the boat, just wanted a moment of fucking peace, and the next thing you know, I'm looking down the barrel of a shotgun, okay, all self-inflicted, I don't, I'm not a victim, I played a part in it, but I realized, yeah, I don't want this life, it's, it's David Burns, how did I get here, okay, it is, But you figure it out, and most guys today are too scared to figure it out because they get in and they go into the gay monastery and they learn that touching your penis is not good and porn is not good and women with multicolored hair and tattoos are evil and you need to have a trad wife and, and all this bullshit, okay? And they're like, ooh, you know, uh, 80% of marriages end in divorce and they're filed by the wives. Yeah, because you were a boring motherfucker is most likely why. Well, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, all I'm going to say is that from my perspective, it's just as likely that you dropped the ball as Mm -hmm. she did. The only difference is she's going to, she's going to call the game 
way faster than the dude is most of the time. Yeah. And, and, you know, because I think, but, but you're right. And, and I, and that's one of the, I like the fact that you always bring that up because, you know, we like to shit on the whammon and they deserve to be shit on. And like, I don't even know about that. I like, like to do it just because it's fun, but it's not because I believe it. Well, I think that there are certainly women who deserve to be shit on, just like there are men who deserve to be shit on. Oh, yeah. There's but, definitely assholes in both genders. But the thing I like about it is, is you know, it gets back to whenever we talk about, you know, divorce rape. Oh, oh, most most men, most men don't get divorce rape. What they do is they put on a short skirt and high heels and say, oh, look. I drop something and then they bend over. So they're, they're more easily yep. fucked from behind. Yep. You know, if, if most dudes would just, you know, go through that shit with a set of balls and a spine, yep. they wouldn't get divorce rate. Exactly. That, that almost was me. That was almost me when I filed for divorce and then a couple of months in, cause in Utah, there's a 90 day cool down period where you have to wait 90 days. Never mind if you have children. If you have kids, hey, it's even longer than that because there's parenting classes and the state gets involved and you got to meet all the bullet points, checklists, and criteria. But thankfully and luckily, we didn't have kids, so we didn't have to deal with that horse shit. Yeah. But I filed. We both agreed. Here's, here's how it's going to go. Here's the thing. And then I sent it to the court for, you know, here it is. Paid like fucking $400. Here you go. And it's like, okay, well, you got 90 days. The clock's ticking. And it was probably about 60 days in. She comes back with, well, I've been talking to people. Oh, really? Have you now? Yeah. And people tell me I could get, you know, if I wanted to, you know, she, of course, she's testing the water. But, you know, people said I, I could get alimony if I wanted to go that way, which we agreed there was going to be no alimony. And I just, I stopped. It was that record scratch that, and I was like, oh, you want to go there? All right, fucking go there. I'll see you in court. That's what you want to do. You don't want to just wait this out and then we're done. You want to try and extort me and blackmail me for more money? Fucking bring it, bitch. Okay. Because I knew that's what it was. And it's like, and I told her, you forgot who you married. I don't start shit, but I'll finish it. And I'll be goddamned if you see one cent of alimony. I will beg, borrow, and steal every last cent I need to get. And I will burn it all down because fuck you, that's why. Yeah. And of course she, you know, and I did. I consulted an attorney at that point. That's when I started cutting all ties with her. It's like, fuck you, okay? But- I also know other guys where the ex-wife filed and she got the house and got the kids and got half his pension, half his 401k, all the shit. How do I know this? Because he told me, or they in this case, because there was more than one. And yet every one of them did exactly what you said, Nick. They all bent over, pulled up their fucking pants, you know, dropped their pants, spread their cheeks, because they just, they, I don't want to fight. I, I, I just, I don't want to do this. Well, yeah, and so you know that they got divorce raped. That's what yeah. happened. Well, in my, you know, I do, I do sympathize with a lot of those guys for this reason because I was also in a, 
in a headspace due to both her manipulation and my self manipulation, where you know she had me believing that I was the bad guy. Her mistake, her mistake was in verbalizing it directly and telling me what a shithead I was. Because when she did that, I was sitting there thinking, wait, nobody thinks that about me. You know, right. some, some of them might think I'm a, I, I can be an overbearing asshole sometimes, but you know, everybody knows that I've, I've been a pretty good dad and pretty good husband. And, you know, if anything, I was just too weak and blue pilled mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and, and I'm like, yeah, whatever, bitch, you know, if you want to, if you want to, we had, we had a similar conversation, except it wasn't, she never came to me and said, you know, I could get half. What she said was, she said, if you don't, one of the terms that she wanted in in our divorce settlement, mm. which, which I was happy to put in there because it doesn't mean anything, was that I wasn't allowed to, quote, badmouth her in the community. And she put that in there for a very specific reason, because toward the end of the marriage, she got up to some pretty nasty shagnanigans that I had irrefutable evidence of. And because she worked at a church, um, while the court probably wouldn't have cared, her employer certainly would have. And so I said, yeah, as long as you don't try to come after me or my shit, I don't need to tell anybody about that. And right. and I didn't want to tell anybody about that because I didn't want my kids to know. Right. Assuming, assuming that we had our detente, you know, our mutual assured destruction locked in place. <laughs> and I, but I was like, you know, come at me, bitch. You know, it's yeah. like, so, you know, I said, well, as long as you don't come after my shit and as long as, you know, you don't do anything malicious in my direction, I don't really have a reason to, you know, Take and I have the dirty laundry to share this file folder worth of shit <laughs> I've got on you. Right. And, uh, and so she, you know, she paid for the divorce. And then she quietly disappeared into the night. She paid for the divorce. She got her car, which she was already paying for herself. Right, right. Her bank account, her retirement, and I let her take the bedroom furniture. Yeah, why not? Because that shit, that's just stuff. That can be replaced. I didn't really want it anymore anyway. Well, I that I half the shit that she took I didn't want and the other half I was like that can be replaced so who gives a fuck let her have it you know right. there was only a few things where I was like uh-uh uh-uh no 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 we're not going there you I know, was, this is where you will meet the resistance and this I was like doesn't give a fuck yeah because I was like you know first off I was I was willing to get fired from my job mm-hmm. and and have no income and make yep. her pay me alimony mm-hmm. or at least go after it. Cause I'm a big, I'm a big believer. You know, it's like in the whole gun debate, my, I'm a big believer in going on the offensive, not simply playing defense. Right. So with her, I was like, you know, we've negotiated a truce, but if you fuck up this truce, I'm going on the offense. I was like, yep. you remember how I got that time with that one person at work where I just, you know, I sunk myself into three months of administrative violence. You know, she was like, oh, yeah. And I was like, that's nothing compared to what I'm going to do in this situation. If you you try to come after my shit in any way, shape or form. And that's why, you know, we've talked about this many times. I'm not I'm going to shut up now, but it's it's why, you know, 
the moment this stuff starts happening, the moment it, it becomes clear that you guys are either in for a rough road ahead or you're likely to get divorced soon, you have to immediately treat her like the enemy. Yeah, you kind of do. And it doesn't it doesn't mean you have to, you know, be overt or, you know, aggressive with it. But in your mind, she is now the enemy and you are now preparing to go to battle with somebody that does not have your best interests at heart. So if if what she actually ends up doing, if she actually ends up being reasonable, then great. Mm -hmm. But where where I've seen dudes get fucked over is where they blame themselves, they think they're the bad guy, all this other kind of shit, and, or they just want to be seen as the nice guy and make it as easy on everybody as possible and whatever martyr. else. Mm -hmm. And and all they all all they're doing, you know, all they're doing is is acting like prey when they do that. So when that right. shit happens, you have to go you have to go straight into, you know, into uh uh, scorched earth policy. You have to be willing to burn them all. Absolutely. Ultimately comes down to at that point, it's okay to play nice until it's time to not be nice. Right. And then you have to be willing to go, okay, it's time to not be nice. And my ex-wife, my ex-girlfriend, every woman I've dated before even my ex-wife, but especially since my ex-wife, understand very overtly and very covertly, you know, more the, the innuendos and the subtext that women typically get into. They understand that I'm a fucking sadist, okay? I like to watch people suffer. That's what I do, okay? It's fun, yeah. And it's fun for me. I get off on it. And so it's like, oh, I'll be the nicest guy you ever met until it's time to not be. And then the sadist comes out and then you get to fucking burn. Okay. And I'll do it for shits and giggles at that point because that turns me on. That's how it goes. So everybody knows from early on, whether they remember or they forget or whatever, they figure it out real fast, If especially if shit goes south. That it's yeah. like, hey, I'm willing to part and, hey, we're good. Things are fine. You're a good person, all of that. But, boy, you want to fuck around? You're going to find out because that shit turns me on at that point. That's just how it goes. That's how it's always been, and that's how it's always going to be. And that's why, gee, other than the ex-wife kind of touching a live wire to her tongue to see what would happen, everyone else has been like, oh, no, we're good, bro. You know, we're, we're good. And it's like, cool. I'm good with that. But, you know, part of me is almost like, damn, you know, fuck with me, please. Well, you know, Zach says he can't even imagine me being weak. But in the middle of my marriage, I was very weak. I was I was like it, it embarrasses me to even remember right. that. Because but I make, but I make myself are... I make myself remember because that is the truth. That is what I did. And yeah. I don't ever want to get back to that again. Same. And, you know, I just like, you know, just like, you know, just like a lot of these other guys and, you know, who, you know, there's there's blame to go around. But ultimately, you're the one responsible for yourself and your Correct. life. Correct. Yeah, and you so your reality now you got to live with it, dig yourself out of it, start over, whatever it is. 
you can't always blame the whammon and say, oh, evil fucking whammon. It's like, nah, bro, you had a part to play in this. And you had a central, significant part to play. You had a big, you, you played a big role in your own destruction. And yeah. most of the drama I see, whether it comes from men or women, is from people who have a hard time accepting that about themselves and realizing, right. you know, because it's it's just always so much easier whether you're a dude or a chick to blame to, someone else it's their to be, the, to, to be to be the victim yep you know it's oh it's okay that i'm the victim because she really did some bad shit well so what motherfucker yeah you know you you, know, it. you, you created it you enabled it you were involved in it you're complicit there are no innocent victims in any of this right and so you know you've got to and and look you know, again, I sympathize with the dudes. Sometimes I, I sympathize too. with the chicks. You know, it just depends Sometimes. on the situation. Right. But, you know, the fact of the matter is that you got to get your head right and you got to figure shit out. And you, and you know, like if you are in a relationship with somebody right now, you know whether you're the placating one or not. You know whether you're the soft, weak one or not. Right. And if you are, you've got to do something about that. And that doesn't mean you got to, you got to, you know, be an you alpha know, male. <laughs> my, you know, my bitch better have my dinner here, there, whatever. That's right. you know, the dinner better be on the table by five, bitch. <laughs> well, you know, as we've talked about before, I could be fairly harsh with, you know, little Spurg, but it's, 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 you know, you gotta, you gotta feel your way into it. You gotta feel right. your way through it. Right. And, you can't, you know, you can't, if that's all you do, then you're going, you're, you are going to fail. Yeah. But, you know, she, you know, she's come back at me before with stuff like, you know, yeah, I know. I, I believe I could go to hell and you wouldn't have any sympathy for me. And I was like, nope, <laughs> sure wouldn't. I, I'd still love you. Yeah. You know, but you know I'm going to, you know, I'm going to set myself on fire to save you from your own damnation. Right. Right. Exactly. And, you know, and I, and I, you know, I practiced that when, when I started before I got divorced, I had to, I had to start practicing that with my wife, because if not, she would have, you know, she would have Lilith me into, you know, tarnation and I would have allowed it and probably encouraged it unwittingly. So mm -hmm. I started working on that shit, you know, what, 15 years ago. Yeah, at this point, and, yeah. And so when I and when I got divorced and I started dating, one of the things I realized is, you know, iceberg slim or not, you need to be a cold motherfucker first. Kind of do you? Kind of do you? Got to be a cold motherfucker first, and then you know, as the years go by, you know, if you're still together, you can gradually warm up as she demonstrates that she's somebody who's, you know who's who's worthy of that and the same applies you know for her too you know she she doesn't have to be you know totally uh you know submissive and subservient from the time i meet her she just has to you know once once we've established the parameters of how the relationship is going to work you know she's she's going to have to you know at some point you know fully dive into my frame and stay there and and enjoy being there and that's that's the thing that nobody ever talks about you know people talk a lot about well you know i'm going to hold frame she's going to be in my frame but what it's really about is do you have a frame that she wants to be in mm -hmm. that she's comfortable being in 
and that she, you know, looks forward to being in. That's that's really what it ends up being about. Because if it's not that, you probably, you know, she's she's just shining you on anyway, right? Most likely. Mm-hmm. So anyway. Anyway, a couple of things I want to address, and then I want to kind of get into the the meat of the matter, the heart of the conversation. Why the title of the show is "Loving Robots" or "Loving Bots." Hey, Kate Ann, you brought up a good point. Living apart together is the best in the future of LTRs. In today's world, I actually would agree with this. Even though there's a part of me, even now, even now, that it's like, wait, 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 wait. You're not wrong. I remember when I got married. So back in 2009, I invited a, a bunch of my friends. One of my friends was a, a whammon. Okay. Yes. I fucked her. Yes, we dated for a minute and then realized, yeah, that didn't work. Okay. But she's a whammon. All right. But she had been seeing a guy for a while and they didn't live together. And after those two called it quits, she moved on to another guy, which as far as I know is the same fucking guy. They still don't live together. Okay. She's got her place. He's got his I don't know because I, I I talk to this woman maybe two, three times a year, okay? But at the time, I thought she was insane. I was just like, wow, you know, you got this guy, but you don't live together. What the fuck? You know, this is back in 2009. And after I got divorced and started dating again and, and spinning plates and all your favorite acronyms and, and uh, what is it I'm thinking here? The, the, the vernacular, you know, all, all your, your, your buzzwords and your bullshit, okay? You know, spin plates and you're the prize and all that. I did all that shit, guys. <clears throat> Met another woman through spinning plates. Hey, lived with her even for like a couple of years. And it was great until it wasn't. Now I can see the wisdom in not living together. The belly dancer and I, we've been seeing each other for a little over two years now. And I, we're not going to play house. We're not doing monogamy. No, you do you. I'm going to do me. We'll get together when the time is right. And it just turns out that, yeah, we enjoy each other's company more than I enjoy other people's company, more than she enjoys other people's company. So we spend a lot of time around each other. But I've joked with her. I was like, when are we going to get married? You know, just fucking with her. She's like, uh, never. And I'm like, good answer. And then she's like, so when are we going to live together? I'm like, uh, never. And she's like, good answer. Okay. She has her life. She does her thing. I do mine. She dates other people if that's what she wants to do. I date other people if that's what I want to do. There's nothing wrong with what Kate was talking about. Just like my friend from back in 09 when I thought, oh, wow, this woman's insane. Turns out maybe she was on to something, okay? Because now for me, I'm looking at it going, yeah, I've played house a couple of times. I've been a husband once. Well, I mean, technically, I guess if you really want to, you know, for the autists in the crowd, I guess I've been a husband twice. Once officially recognized by the state. But then a second time, technically, 
because of time served. She lived here. We lived together for a couple of years. Everything was great until it wasn't. So I've been the husband. I've been the boyfriend. And yeah, it all kind of turns out to be kind of the same, which means, hey, the problem's me. I know that. That's why I've told women, look, I don't make a good husband. I don't even make a good boyfriend, but I do make a good lover. That's what I'm here for. That's what I do. And while I enjoy my time while you're around me, whether I'm at your house, you're at mine, I also love to watch you fucking leave. I can watch your ass sashay out the door. Or I'm the one that's fucking leaving, you know, because we have slumber parties because slumber parties are fun. Either way, I enjoy my time while I'm with them, but I also enjoy when it's time to go the fuck home. And so there's that. So I, I don't think Kate's wrong. That's one thing I, I want to give credit where credit is due. Well, I mean, I think I, I, I've heard about that, first of all, being more of a trend now. And and I see I see the wisdom in it, especially if you're an extremely independent woman who doesn't need resources, doesn't necessarily need like close emotional support and physical protection and all that kind of stuff, you know, and that's that's my default position anyway, is, you know, when I got divorced and started dating again, you know, for any for anybody that wanted to stick around for a mile, for a while, my rules were um, it's going to be a long time, if ever, before this becomes something exclusive. So don't expect that in three weeks or three months. Uh, I'm not living with you. You're not living with me. We're not inviting the state into our relationship. I said, other than that, we can figure out the rest of it. Now, sometimes that was explicitly laid out. Sometimes that was just, you know, I mean, my, my attitude is also, if I don't explicitly agree to it, we don't have it. Now, a lot of women don't think that way. So mm -hmm. a, lot of a lot of women are like, well, if we've been going out for three months, you shouldn't be talking to other women. You shouldn't be doing all this. So when that comes up, if it does, and we haven't had that conversation, then we have it right then. It's like, no, if if we decide to mutually commit to each other in some fashion, then we will talk about that and hash that out when the time is right. Until that happens, you know, we don't we don't have something by implication. We don't we don't have we don't have you're not grandfathered in because of length of time. There is no you know, there is nothing like that here. There's no there's no common law exclusivity just because we've been seeing each other for three months. And whether I've seen anybody else or not in those three months, and whether she has or not, none of at that point it really isn't my business and unless she wants to make it mine and and my from my side of it you know it's not any of her business either so you know that went over well with some and with some it didn't go over so well but you know that's to me that's the especially you know when you're when you're older and you're doing this shit because you know i've been through you know i was i've been through 20 years of marriage you know in my case i had kids because i wanted them so i've done that you know i've done the whole you know coach baseball I've done, i did the whole tradcon you know dad starter pack like like chesty likes to say so I've done all that shit. I have no need to do that again. I don't really care about your kids. You know, I 
I barely care about mine. So at least that's what I used to say. And just to make it easier for them to write me off. But, mm. you know, and having said all that, it's possible. And we've talked about this before. It's possible that Spurg and I could cohabitate someday. Hey, and if that works for you and that's what you want, hey, more power to you. I've, I've not ruled it out. But the problem is it has to happen primarily on my terms. And she's got to get to the point where she can accept that. And if she can't, then that's not going to happen. There's no way it's going to happen. And even if she can get there, it doesn't mean it's going to happen. But, you know, my my view at 56, you know, I, I always said that if I settle down with somebody, quote, settle down with somebody. <laughs> quote. <laughs> it would, it would, it probably wouldn't, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be ready or willing to do that at the earliest before I was 60. Mm. And, and for a long time, you know, it, because the problem is that, you know, I know everybody gets all worked up over terminology and shit. But if you want to, if you want to look at somebody, if you want to consider somebody who is a, who is, is really a true introvert. And by, by that, I don't mean all the stuff that everybody else always means, although I don't disagree with it. I mean, somebody that can spend an extraordinarily, an extraordinary amount of time by his or herself and not lack anything. And, and that is me. That has always been me. You know, if I, when I was a kid, my parents would send me to my room and I'd be like, great. Cool. You know, I'd go yeah. to my room, I'd start reading books, I'd look through shit. Then after a while, they were like, you need to come out and eat dinner. I'm like, no, I'm good. Can I, ju- can I just eat in here? And so eventually they stopped sending me to my room because it wasn't any kind of a punishment right. at all. The briar uh, rabbit was hanging out in the briar patch. Right, right. So, you know, I'll go, you know, there, there are weeks where like, unless, unless somebody calls me, you know, mm. or unless I talk to Spurg, you know, I could go Monday through Thursday. This is really the first time I have a conversation with everybody is with you guys on Thursday night. Cause I'll spend the rest of my time doing work, writing music, playing music, you know, reading a book, doing shit around the house, you know, working on my fishing rods or my guns. And I'm happy as a pig in slop. And I might, you know, I might go out to the grocery store and exchange pleasantries with the checkout girl Right. But for the most, oh, but what? for the most part, right. I can, I could stay here for a week, not talk to anybody and I would be fine. Now, eventually I, you know, I'd want to get out and socialize a bit, but I don't need to. Mm. And, and so for somebody like me there, you know, I don't have any, I don't have any strong need for companionship, although I do enjoy having Spurg around. So sure. it, you know, it ends up, but if, you know, if we were to cohabitate, it'd be the kind of thing you know, almost like where, you know, I'd have a whole wing of the house to myself. Mm. And, you know, if I'm in there doing my shit, I'm just in there doing my shit, you know, and maybe, maybe I'll come out and play with you and maybe I won't, but there's, you know, it's, it's not going to be the kind of thing where, Oh, it's dinner time. Let's go cook dinner. How was your day? How was your day? Oh uh, yeah. You know, all that kind of crap. <laughs> right. I, I, I don't, I don't do that shit anymore. Right. You are alone, but you're seldom lonely is basically what you're telling me. The only time I was ever lonely was when I was married. Same here. Oh my God. Same here. The loneliest I ever felt was while I was married. When I was married and things all the time, when I was married and things were bad between the ex and I, and I was, and it was a period where I really didn't have any friends I was hanging out with. Mm Mm-hmm. And I wasn't willing to go out, you know, 
and, uh, you know, try to pick up some, you know, strange, although looking back, you know, it's kind of a one behind club thing. I wish I had, yeah, yeah, yeah I get it, but I didn't, that was the only time I was ever really lonely. The kids are, the kids are grown or they're old enough that they're usually off doing some shit, you know? And so, and so there were weekends where I'd be home, you know, with the ex the whole weekend and we just sort of, you know, yeah, coexisted <laughs> coexisted in the same space and uh you know because by that time and you know one thing i will one, one of the few things i will give my ex-wife is she always she always had a fresh meal on the table every night she cooked dinner every night we had family dinners every night good time to hang out with the kids and you know catch up and all that kind of shit and and that was all good but by this point, the family dinners were mostly done because the kids were busy. They had jobs. They had sports. They had shit they were doing. They were driving. So, you know, it just wasn't the same. And having a sit down dinner with me and her was just, you know, like, nah. Excruciating. Yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. So I'd sit in here. I'd sit in this room and drink and eat pizza. You know, she would sit in the other room drink and watch television <laughs> hey, kind of sounds like my parents yeah. dad sat down in the basement and watched nhra and mom sat upstairs and watched fucking basketball mm -hmm. and it's like wow you guys just coexist yeah. anyway kids hey i want to kind of touch on the meat of the matter the the topic tonight where i called it love and bots and and i mentioned in the uh the description of the show that I think this is what the future of dating is coming for you guys in particular more than the women. But I think this is what's coming because I've seen it show up more often than not. So let's, let's get into it. So you guys in the chat, you guys in the replay, you, you may agree with me. You may not. You've had scammers. You've had impersonators. You know, there's some beautiful woman when you take her picture out of the dating app and you throw it in a reverse image lookup, it turns out it's this porn star, right? We've all had it, okay? They start talking to you and they're like, hello, dear. And it's broken English. It's, it's English as a second language, ESL. And for me, at least, being in the online dating world for over 20 years now. I'm like a traffic cop, man. I've heard it all. I've seen it all, okay? So you've heard it, you've seen it, and rule number one on the internet is there are no women, okay? That's a mantra you need to put in your head. There are no women. Some chick hits you up, your default thought should be, that's a dude, until it's not, Okay, till you've had proof and pictures today aren't proof. Okay, you need to hear their voice. You need to talk to them in real time to ascertain that, oh shit, that's actually a bona fide whammon. Okay, the reason I'm bringing this up, there's a couple of things. I was talking about it with Nick backstage before the show. I remember watching a video series here a little while back called The Dead Internet Theory. Look it up, kids. They talk about bots. They talk about uh, Potemkin villages, all kinds of fun things. And this guy did this a couple of years ago. This isn't really new. But look up the dead internet theory. 
type it into YouTube, you'll, you'll see. This series of videos, which is like three or four of them. And now there's like a compilation, like a greatest hits the guy created, which is actually pretty good because he polished up the volume and all that shit. But there's even with outtakes and some other shit, it's about two hours. It's almost like a movie. But this guy brought up some interesting things that have stuck with me in addition to rule number one. There are no women on the internet. And granted, he wasn't talking about dating. He was just talking about the internet in general. The way it is today compared to how it was back in the late 90s, uh, the early 90s, maybe even early 2000s, the time period I remember. You all have been, you know, on dating apps to one degree or another. And for the guys, you've seen not only the porn star pictures, which are easy to detect, but maybe you've seen the latest influx, which is Asian women, okay? They show them from behind. You see their hair, you see their ass, but you never see their face. And immediately I'm like, nope, that's a scam. That's a scam. That's a scam because I'm a traffic cop and I've seen it and heard it all. Until you get hit up on Instagram where, hey, I'm showing some fire videos and some other shit I've done. And immediately, oh, it's an Asian chick, but she's not saying, hello, dear. You know, would you like to talk? Sounding like someone from Pakistan. But lately I've been like, you know what? This is all bullshit and I know it. But I want to play with it instead of just blocking and deleting. I want to play with it. I want to see what the give, you know, what the gaff is. What's the scam? What's the hook? Just because the dead internet theory got me thinking. Are these actual 58-year-old men sitting in prison doing this for their jollies? Are they trying to hit me up for money? Are they trying to get a green card? What is it? What's going the fuck on? I want to know because there's a lot of guys dating right now or trying to date. They're going to encounter this stuff. So instead of blocking and moving on, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to entertain this for a minute, just for a minute. And the fun thing is I had one, I was telling Nick, I had one reach out and of course she's Asian, you know, which is a red flag to me. That it's like, oh, okay, whatever. Turns out, you know, she's like, oh, I, I actually want to chat with you. Real-time video. Okay, perfect. All right, here's this young woman, younger woman talking to me. All right, well, she's the person in the pictures. All right, reverse image search turns up with nothing. It's like, okay, she's able to interact with me. She's having a conversation in real-time. Am I still suspicious as hell? Fuck yeah. She's not hitting me up for money. She's not looking for a green card. She technically is here in the United States, if you believe it, assuming it's all true. Okay, let's, let's give one to the entity. I'll call it that. Give one to the entity. The phone number matches up. The area code matches up with where they claim to live. The pictures, the video, all the bullshit matches up. That it's like, I know those landmarks. The conversation this entity and I had was authentic. They, they laughed where it was appropriate. They responded in kind to the point where even I'm like, shit, maybe this is real. And that's the point that I'm getting to. Okay, if you go and watch the, the dead internet theory, which is a few years old, 
the guy talked about facial recognition, deep fakes, all the all the buzzwords. And that's the shit at the time. But he made a, a very salient point, which was, who knows what's coming in the next decade that's already there. The deep fakes and, and the facial recognition has been around for a long time, kids. We're just hearing about it at the time of those videos. So like in 2013, 14, 15, we're talking almost a decade right there. So we look at it and go, oh yeah, we all know about that. But that's not cutting edge because we know about it now because they released it. Kind of like uh, the stealth fighter and the stealth bomber and everybody thought it was a UFO. Until you find out, nope, that's, that's U.S. military technology, okay? It's the same thing. You hear about it and you think it's new, but it's been brewing or being worked on for a decade, maybe more. So he posed the question, what's coming up? And I'm posing it to you. This is the whole point of why I brought up this conversation, which is love and bots. What if, assuming his dead internet theory is accurate, that there's really not a lot of living people on the internet like there used to be. Now it's all little boxes and little cubby holes and little circles. And But beyond that, we're not engaging. You've seen it on Twitter, guys. You can see it with the Andrew Tate thing. All the Tate fans and all the guys that, oh, Andrew Tate. Dude, half of them at least are bots, okay? And some of them are easy to detect because they only speak up when you mention Andrew Tate. Otherwise, they don't trigger. What if AI exists, and I'm sure it does, you know, with pictures and all this other bullshit we can do now. What if it's going to be harder to do a reverse image lookup? They go, oh, that's a porn star. You throw it into Google or whatever your favorite search engine is and come up with zero, nothing. There's no recognition. I Nope, that picture's not around. Shit. Okay, so it's easier to go, well, hey, let's, let's make a phone call. Oh, yeah, my internet's spotty. My, my phone connection sucks. Okay, that's, you're a scammer. Goodbye. But what if they go, yeah, okay, sure. And you talk to them. And you have a conversation. What if you have a video chat and you're still like, Jesus, maybe this is real. Maybe it's Memorex. That's kind of the point because part of me I know is fucking paranoid because I've seen enough of this shit for a long enough time that I'm wondering like, okay, is this the next evolution of AI? Is this what we're going to be doing? Is this what you guys, is specifically you younger guys, is this what you're going to be doing? Especially if you don't have the experience from talking to real live women. Okay. A little side note, Kate. Yeah, I'm calling her out. Kate, I can say from what I can tell, is an actual woman. Not only is she saying women's shit on the internet, but any bot could be programmed to do that. But she and I have talked real time video chat. Because I had to find out, are you fucking for real or are you bullshit? And so far, she passed the Turing test, okay? The real true test would be, all right, I'm coming to Dallas. Let's meet up. Then I would know 100% for certain, is Kate actually a bona fide woman or is it AI? 
Okay. Yes, I'm going out into the weeds, kids. I'm getting abstract. I'm going into the big what ifs. But this is a reality that's coming because I see enough photos. I see enough videos. I see enough shit that, okay, if this isn't real, then what is it? Is it AI? Is it some extremely intelligent scammer? Because so far in my visitation with all of these different accounts that I'm like, I'm going to entertain them for a minute. I just want to see what's going on here. Not one has asked me for money, a green card, any of that. Their texts match up to how women talk based on my experience. The video chats have been legit as far as that goes, that, hey, they're interacting with me in real time. The person on the, the end of the camera is matching up with the photos. Now, that doesn't mean it's not a scam, okay? Nick and I were talking backstage about that. There's been people I've talked to who've told me about how they got scammed even though the person on the other end of the video was a bona fide living human being, okay? But so far, I haven't encountered what Nick's encountered, what these other guys have encountered. It hasn't showed up yet. I'm still skeptical as hell, but I'm curious. And that's why I wanted to call tonight's show Love and Bots. Because is this the future? And it's not sex dolls and only fans, which yes, they exist, but they're pretty blatant. You pretty much know that, yeah, this isn't a real person or yeah, I'm getting the girlfriend experience because I'm throwing money at her and she says my name online and I get to put little heart emojis. What if they hit you up first? Are they real or are they Memorex? But I always revert back to rule one, which is there are no women on the internet because that's the safest play you can make. This is what you guys are coming up against as you're dating. Is it real or is it Memorex? Right now, it's a little easier to tell. But as time goes on, as AI learns from interacting with people, it gets better until you can't tell the difference. That's ultimately, when I, when I said the Turing test, that's the ultimate answer to the Turing test. You don't know if you're talking to a computer or not. You think you're talking to a human being. This is the future that I'm talking about. Whether it's utopic, dystopic, whatever you want to call it, this is what's coming because it's already here. You're going to hear about it in 5, 10 years when it's going to be the next thing, whatever that is. But this is the part where I'm like, Jesus, I'm even struggling to keep up and be aware other than rule one, which is there are no women on the internet, okay? You younger guys who don't have enough experience because you haven't done this long enough, I fear for you because you don't stand a chance from what I'm seeing, from what may be coming. And that's my soapbox rant. So there we go. Nick, you're muted. Okay, take two. There you go. Take two, try again. You're not wrong. But here's the thing, if you're using if you use dating apps the way I used dating apps back in the day when I was, you know, I was probably pretty heavily on them from 2016 to 2020-ish. If you're if you're using them to make a quick date with somebody who's in town, um, you're gonna find out real fast. You're not gonna waste time, you're not gonna invest time, which is what I would recommend. Because for me, 
you know, unless you're just, unless you just want to fool around on there and, you know, somebody, you know, somebody matches you that lives across the country from you and you just want to see what's going on with that, you know, whatever. But as far as, you know, I never took any of that part of it seriously. So, you know, we've, we've, we've talked about this before. We talked about this the other night on our private chat that, you know, my, my modus operandi when I was doing dating apps was, um, I sort of eventually worked myself into this, into this procedure where I'd get her number quick and then I would call her and I would, I I would try to avoid setting the date on the app itself or on text message. I would actually call her and try to talk to her and set the date that way. And, and, and what ended up happening was if she actually answered the phone and we talked and set up a date, I've had zero flakes from anybody that I set up a date with over a voice call on the phone. Zero, none. Everybody, everybody, if you know, and and I and and for for me, whether this is true or not, I just started operating under the assumption that if she's uh, you know, if if she's not gonna answer the phone and if she doesn't want to talk on the phone to set the date first. Yeah, then that's the ch- red flag. Then the chances are high she's going to flake anyway. And so if I end up and I figure if I end up turning off cuz there are some there are some women who get freaked out if you want to talk to them on the phone first cuz I've had that happen too. But my attitude is like if you're going to get freaked out over that, then fuck it, you know, it's an acceptable loss for me if she wants to blackball me because of that. And you got to remember, you know, I I grew up at a time where there were two ways to ask a chick out face to face or by a phone call. And, and I did, and I learned how to do, you know, I I forced myself to do the face to face thing. I did do the phone call thing. So doing that by phone is, is no big deal to me. And, And the way I see it, if she's if she's not willing to talk to you for five minutes on the phone long enough yep. to, to set a date, then she's probably more likely than not to flake. So I just figured yep. that's going to that's going to be that's going to be what I do to try to avoid wasting my time. And it turned out for me anyway to be true. Now, I wasn't dating a lot of, you know, most of the women I dated were, you know, mid 30s and up, you know, mid 30s to mid 40s mainly. And you know, so that demographic may have something to do with it, you know, but that's just, that's just what I did. That's how I did it. So, you know, I would always set up a date by phone and then talk, I mean, and set it up for in the next couple of days. And, and I wouldn't, and me personally, I tried to avoid texting and talking to them at all before we actually met up. I didn't even, Mm -hmm. Once we once we set the date, I was pretty much done until we were in each other's presence because I, I, I never had anything good come out of, you know, more communication before we'd actually met in person. So if you do it like that, you're not going to have to worry about AI. But if you, you know, if you're like a lot of dudes and you start getting into, you know, you, you start talking to people that live supposedly an hour, two hours, 10 hours away, then yeah, you may, you may have all kinds of problems, but I would just, I would just strongly suggest not doing that at all. Yeah. Because, because in the long run, it's not gonna, you know, it's not gonna, the, I mean, long, long distance relationships don't work and they're imaginary to begin with. Are Right. They're largely, they're, they're a waste of time. They're, they all take place in your head. The only exception I would, 
I would give for that is if you've been in a relationship with somebody for five years and then for whatever reason, you know, they moved or whatever you moved, you move, you move after that point, either permanently or temporarily. And then you're, you know, trying to figure out what you're going to do next. That's, that's a different thing in my opinion, because that's not a long distance relationship. That's just, that's something else. But, you know, long distance relationship is basically just, you know, a pen pal. Imaginary friend. It's, it's, it's at best, it's a pen pal and masturbation at worst. It's, it's just, it's an imaginary friend. And what, what the fuck good is that? I, and I agree. I agree with it. But like I said, I decided I wanted to do a thought experiment. You know, I was like, like I said, normally dating apps for me, because there are no women on the internet, basically, unless you know what to look for, you know, it's all bullshit. These were accounts. I'll call it that accounts that reached out to me on Instagram. Okay. Based on whatever algorithm or whatever bullshit that Instagram gave them, because I didn't reach out to them. I didn't even know they existed. And I thought, oh, instead of just blocking them and moving on, I was like, okay, I'm going to play with these accounts just because I want to learn something here. Because again, my paranoia, my dystopic view of the future is high. Oh shit. Here we go. I got to throw some, I got to throw some love to dark Knight dev real quick. Where's it at? There, there it is. Got to throw this up. Nick, go pick up those lemons that your 90s sitcom wife asked for. Just because you run a business doesn't mean you can do some chores. LOL. (laughs) But what I like about Dark Knight Dev is that even though he's got a low profile on Twitter, he's obviously he's, he's obviously there, on there checking out the shit. And he's in the trenches. Because that was doing it. Because I called out somebody on that one mm. this week. I do wanna I wanna I wanna also address a couple of things here because Bertie Rogers says, Did Nick learn that from Corey Wayne? And I assume you're talking about the set no, the date three percent guy. Set the date quickly and then no no talking until the, the actual date. Yeah, I did. Jesus, that's and, pre-Corey Wayne, though. That's pre-Corey Wayne. That well, it may be, crazy. but that's that's who I heard it from or through. And I will, you know, and I wanna I wanna say very clearly that you know, even a even a, a stop clock is right twice a day, right? Yes, it so, is broken so, clocks right twice a day. Mm-hmm. So I picked up a couple little details like that from Corey Wayne that I do think are, you know, are valid because I've used them and proved them in my own life. But overall, I'm not a big Corey Wayne fan at all because he ends up, you know, he he gets I'm not going to go into why I don't I don't care for his shit right now. Maybe we'll do that on another on a private oh, chat or something. Yeah, maybe that'll but, be one of the members only shows. Maybe. But but it really gets back. It really gets back to the kind of thing where, you know, and I, I said this last time, maybe one of the reasons why I like Rolo's material and I like Ryan's material so much is that I learned I learned most of what I know through trial and error. And there's just there's there's so much that I have learned that when I would read about it in Rolo's stuff or Ryan's stuff or hear them talk about it, I was like, yeah, that's exactly what happened with me. And so when the you know, when the 
the I dated enough or I was, you know, I was I was gaming enough, sarging enough, whatever you want to call it, that I ended up realizing that my strength was not my advantage was us being in person. And not only that, but it also meant I wasn't wasting my time because after because, you know, this is a numbers game as well. So, you know, if you've got, you know, if you match with six chicks on Tinder and you're trying to set up dates with all of them and then they all want to get chatty and they all want to talk, I ain't, you know, I'm not going to talk that much, you know, if I've known you for 20 years, much less some stranger on there. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to get that number and if possible I'm going to do the I'm going to do the phone uh, you know, the the phone meetup, you know, set the meetup on the phone and then then I'm going to be done with it cuz I don't want to talk to you until we're sitting in front of each other because a, I don't know if you really look like your picture or not, excuse me. And, and B, you know, I learned how to not be an introvert when I didn't need to be. So, you know, and so I can, I can carry on a conversation with, with a stranger, you know, because I worked at it. So I would rather do that. And it's always, you know, like he says, it's more advantageous um, for me and it just always worked out better. And then the other thing I want to say was, you know, Kate says, I hate talking on the phone with strangers. I'd prefer to just meet for coffee. Well, you know, A, that means, you know, Kate and I would never meet or B. Um, and, and and I get that. And there are a lot of women who are like that. And I don't necessarily blame them for taking that tack um, in meeting dudes on the Internet for the same reason. I'm not afraid to go meet some chick in a public place because, I'm not going to worry about her following me to my car if things don't work out. There's all kinds of shit that I'm not going to worry about. Maybe worry about if, you know, she's trying to set me up and have her, you know, have her boyfriend, you know, mug me or something. But, you know, I'm 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 prepared for all that kind of shit. Women aren't. So I, I get why that can be a, a sketchier situation for a woman. I would argue that you still get a better sense of a guy if you have a five minute phone chat with him. But you know, not everybody that I met up with, you know, I mean, there there were some that just, you know, the thing flowed so fast, it happened so fast, we set it up on the app. And then, you know, most of those didn't flake either. But, you know, I had I had I had a few who did. And, you know, I, I, I always went for the phone call because I've, I've never had a flake off of a phone call ever, Same. period. Same here. Same and, here. Uh, you know, but, you know, but I get it. You know, there's again, it goes back to you know, there's, there's no, there's no right or perfect way. There's, there's what works best for you as an individual. You have to decide what that is. And aside from doing something that's, you know, just stupid or ridiculous or, you know, simpy, you know, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of leeway there for how you actually, you know, go about your logistics. And and I agree with that. Absolutely. But to kind of dial it back just a little bit, to reel it back in a little bit. Most of the people, the guys that are watching this, that are going to watch this, hopefully if they sign up, whatever, they don't have enough dating experience. Okay. I'm a traffic cop. I've been here for over 20 years doing online this and online that. Rather it be back in the day before apps were a thing and it was MySpace or it was uh AOL, or it was uh, Live Journal. Okay, I, I used to meet women off of Live Journal when that was a thing. I mean, it's still around, but it's pretty much dead. Okay, MySpace is extinct as far as I know. Now we have Facebook. Okay, 
and Instagram and, you know, Twitter. And I don't get any shit on Twitter because I closed my DMs. Unless either we are mutuals and we follow each other or we've had a prior conversation before I shut down my DMs, nobody can reach me on Twitter because of the bullshit that I would get. That I'm like, yeah, I'm shutting this fucker down. It's like, I've got to follow you and you've got to follow me. And I'm pretty fucking selective about who I follow on Twitter. Facebook for me is literally people I've met and or no in real life, with maybe the exception of one or two, okay? My Facebook, I, I use it for other reasons. It's not for seeing what my friends are up to. I know what they're fucking up to. It's the same old shit, okay? But that's who I stay in contact with. You know, if you rando guys and women, hey, let's be friends on Facebook. Hey, how about we don't and say we did? That's usually how it goes with me on Facebook. It's like, now... I need to know that you're who you say you are. And preferably, I need to know you in real life if I'm going to add you to my Facebook. Otherwise, no thanks. I'm not interested because I see the same drama, the same bullshit that I see on Twitter. It's on Facebook too. It's only about three, we three weeks delayed. Okay. Facebook is slower than Twitter is. So I see all the bullshit and the drama on Facebook and I'm like, oh, that's three weeks ago. Okay, same old bullshit. Right now it's Andrew Tate's in the, in the news again and so's Trump. Yeah, I'll, I'll be hearing all about Andrew Tate and Trump and fucking Facebook in about three weeks. Okay, from the people who follow that shit. And it's like, oh, I was already there. Thanks, you know, been there, done it, seen it, you know, seen it. So... I don't follow a lot of people. I don't let a lot of people follow me because I use it for different reasons. But when I have accounts approaching me on Instagram, which I barely use, Instagram out of all the platforms I'm on, Instagram is my least used. And I throw up pictures and videos of me playing with fire me going out on a date here and there with the belly dance or whatever, because it's pictures, man. Why not? But I don't engage. I don't really talk to a lot of people. I don't even get on the fucker all that often. To have the accounts hit me up unsolicited, okay? And, hey, what do you know? Eight out of ten are fucking, uh, they're all Asian, the other two are German or Russian or whatever. They're all from overseas. They're not from fucking here. It's like, usually I would just block, 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 block. But in this case, I wanted to try something out to see like what's coming, what's here, what is actually here. And if they are AI, they're, they're, they're learning and they're good. If they're scammers, they either are in for the long con Hey, Nick, do you know what a long con is? Yeah. Okay. Maybe you motherfuckers in the chat know, maybe you don't. But if they're in for a long con, they're good. And if they're not, that leads me to AI. That it's like shit. It's fucking learning. And that's the point that I'm bringing up for tonight's show. That it's like for a lot of you younger guys. Because everybody has a Twitter. Everybody has a Facebook. Everybody has an Instagram. And at some point, if you haven't been hit up, you will be. The difference is learning are, is this someone real? 
or is it AI or is it a scammer? I like to think for myself personally because I'm I'm cynical enough because I've seen it. I've been there long enough that it's like, okay, what's what's your what's your gaff? You know, where's the hook? What are you trying to sell me? Whether it's hey, I can give you two million dollars, but I need ten thousand dollars in you know in fucking gift cards. Or it's tell me your birthday and tell me where you're from. And it's like, ooh, identity theft. Okay. Or, you know, it's most of the scammers I've encountered are not that good. They're really not. But it's like, wow, you guys suck. Maybe you should just go get a real job instead of trying to scam people out of money because you suck at it. But then now I'm seeing this evolving this evolution maybe it's an evolution but then again maybe i'm dealing with real human beings that oh it sucks that you're asian because that's the direction all the bot the bots and the scammers are going is asian it's like damn but when you've talked to them at least video wise and they interact with you jesus is it memorex or is it live and that's going to be the hard part i think going into the future for guys, especially when they have little to no experience. But it's like, wow, I'm struggling to go, is this fucking for real or is this bullshit? And I always refer to rule number one. There's no women on the internet. Well, there's just, there's no, if there's ever been somebody who was randomly hit up by a hot chick who was Asian and lived, you know, didn't live nearby and that somehow turned into something that that somehow was something normal i would be surprised because there's there's no reason for unless you're a celeb unless you're you know unless she's looking for something very specific which does happen on instagram i, I will grant you that in general there's no reason for anybody half decent looking to just start randomly hitting up dudes on the internet it just it just doesn't happen because a woman you know a decent looking woman is going to have have more than enough, you know, attention coming her way. She doesn't have to go look for it somewhere else. Again, having said that, you know, if you're a celebrity, if you've got something unique going on, if she just, you know, if she's a chick that just happens to be, you know, she just gets wet over, you know, fire breathers or dudes who wear aviators or whatever else, that shit, you know, <laughs> that shit does happen. You know, but I, I I don't I don't believe you know unless unless she's going after you because you have some sort of clout. I right. just don't see that as being any sort of any sort of you know, and you know as far as they aren't asking for money either yet. You know that's I've had I've had a lot of people who were chicks or pr supposedly chicks, right? Just random. Just they would they would just text me out of the blue on WhatsApp. Yeah, same now, here. Now, Same. how they got my number yeah. and shit, yeah, I have no idea. Point. Right, right. But they would, you know, they would do that shit and they'd be like, oh, you know, they, they never lived anywhere near me. It was always. Oh, yeah. No, it's always San Francisco, Maryland, Texas. Atlanta, Chicago. Right, right. And they're always, you know, several hundred, if not a thousand miles away. Correct. And so, I, so I'll get these, I'll get these chicks and they'll be like, like, hey, how are you doing? And, or, you know, like. Hey, Dan, how are you? You know, because they're just trying to get you talking. I'd be like, uh, I'm not Dan. 
Oh, I'm sorry. Well, I'm I'm such and such. Who are you? Oh, yeah, I've had and, them too. I've had those. Those are bullshit as well. Yeah. And what I, th you know, there's there's all kinds of, you know, when you talk about the long game or the long con, there's all kinds of ways to do identity theft. Right. And, you know, getting, getting you know, sending out, you know, having a script that sends out greetings to a thousand people a day on WhatsApp and then, you know, responding manually to the ones who actually respond to your thing, you know, is probably what's going on there. So I'll, so I'll do shit like, I'll be like, oh, I'm not Dan. And I'll say, oh, well, I'm, you know, I'm Sybil. What's your name? And I'll be like, well, I'm, I'm, you know, my name's Rob or, you know, whatever. And, uh, and they'll be like, well, nice to meet you, Rob. You know, are you the, are you the dentist? And so they'll, you know, there'll be all these kinds of weird questions like that. And I was like, well, I'm actually a periodontist. And then be like, oh, I didn't know that. I thought you were a dentist. I thought, didn't we meet at that party in, you know, Tampa or whatever? You know, all, I mean, there's just all kinds of crazy shit that they start getting into. And so there's there's obviously some kind of scam being run there. So I'll, you know, sometimes I'll entertain it for a few minutes just for shits and giggles and then I'll block them. But I won't ever get any, any kind of long, you know, convo with them because eventually what they're trying to do is build a profile about you. And find out, you know, gradually and, and as unsuspiciously as they can, who you are, where you live, what you do, all kinds of other shit. That's right, Dante. They're real, but the scam is also real. Well, you know, sometimes, you know, bacon, I, you know, I, I've done a, you know, I'm the guy that used to, you know, that used to try to game the, the interns that worked at my company just to see if I could get them to come to my room. But then I wouldn't actually let him into my room. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm an asshole like that, and I'm a I'm a risk taker like that. I wanted to I wanted to see what I I just wanted to see. You know, I I've got that curiosity. I got I want to know, but I want to know in a way that doesn't expose me to too much risk. Now, you know, doing that shit with chicks in the company was potentially risky, and I don't advise anybody do that where they work. You know, I, I do ascribe to the don't shit where you eat thing, but Again, you know, that's, that's me. I'm going to, I'm going to do shit like that, but I'm going to, you know, I'm also, when I was doing that, I also wasn't thirsty. I also wasn't actually looking to, you know, hook up with them at this point, you know, I'm kind of bummed that I didn't cause it's more one behind club shit that I think, you know, I probably could have with a couple of them, but I had, I had enough going on that I wasn't thirsty. I wasn't operating out of scarcity. I was operating out of curiosity. And maybe I took it a little too far. You could argue that, certainly. But, uh, you know, I managed it. So it looks like a 90s chopper pilot on the bayou. What does that even mean? <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I, you know, I, I did go through a period a few years ago where I almost started taking flying lessons. Um and, and and then I just decided, nah, that's too much. That's too much time and too much effort. I've already got shit to do. <laughs> but I'd, I'd fly a chopper around the bayou. If I had to go back and do my 20s all over again, that wouldn't be a there bad be gig. A chopper pilot, yeah. Chopper pilot on the bayou, that ain't a bad gig. That's right. Then I could be the door gunner going, yeehaw, <laughs> just like fucking Saigon, eh, slick? <laughs> It could be like, yeah, even women and children. Yeah, you just don't lead them as much. That's right. How can you shoot women and children easy? You just don't lead them as much. Ain't war hell. That's I like right. it. I like it down on the bayou, though. You know, done a lot of fishing down there. Oh, yeah, that's great. 
we have we have bayous in Alabama. We just not not as not as much as Louisiana does because Louisiana has got more swamp than we do. Which reminds me, since you brought up the bayou, because of course CCR. Okay, my dad called Creedence Clearwater Revival swamp rock, is what he called it. And it's and I get it because weren't they Southern boys too? Was it wasn't that at least the the image they sold? Not saying it was true, but that's what they sold. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I think Fogarty was actually from Louisiana. I'm, I'm he might sure. have been. That's what I mean. But that's I'm where my sure. dad called it swamp rock. Well, uh, it, yeah. I mean, that's what we, you know, we call it a lot of different kinds of things down here. And, you know, there's also something, something that's even more swampy is swamp blues. There's a certain style of blues that we call swamp blues down here, which is it's just, you know, it's just that. It's that nasty, that's nasty slide blues that's just fucking, you know, it just sounds sleazy when it's being played. It sounds like there's all kinds of bad shit going down. <laughs> I like Creedence too. I like I liked I liked a lot of their I like a lot of their music, you know, politically, of course. Mm. You know, they're fucking, you know, commies, but well, yeah, they were they were hippies. But everybody know. is. Yeah, yeah, back in the day, everybody was a fucking commie hippie. That's the way it was. What know? happened? To, what happened to Joe from Proud Masculine? He was even on. He was on Let Him Burn once. He was. You know, I I don't know for certain what happened to Joe, other than I follow him on Instagram and he's posting content on Instagram. He's working out. He's doing things with what I think is his son. Okay. Uh, you know, but as far as me and him being in contact, I haven't talked to Joe in probably about a year. He had some things going on in his personal life, and I get it. And he wanted and needed to sort that shit out. And that was kind of where it ended. And so I figured, well, from what I've seen on Instagram, obviously he sorted that out. Because he's doing his thing and, you know, I, I have nothing but love for the guy. It's like, ah, if this is what Joe's doing and this is the direction he wants to go, more power to it. If anything, what it showed me from what I've seen in more recent content, we had our moment kind of like a relationship. We had our moment for a moment and then, okay, I went one direction, he went another. And, and that's great. You know, no hard feelings, no foul, no harm. It's, it's, ah, he's doing his thing and, and I can, you know, I applaud him for what he's doing. I think it's great seeing him getting on top in his own world, but it's not my world. And so there it is. Yeah. I deleted my Instagram. So I don't, anybody that I knew purely from Instagram, I don't, uh, I just, I haven't, I deleted my Instagram like five months ago. And I get it. You know, it's too much of, I just had too much of a footprint all over the place. And I just got tired of, you know, first I, first I turned off all notifications so that I only looked at shit when I had time to go look at shit. And then it was like, I don't even like having all this stuff here. And then I got, I got to, uh, <laughs> you know, I started focusing on my writing more and it was like, well, Twitter's where I've got, I know more people. So I'm just going to stick with Twitter and stick with Substack and Pretty much, you know, I'd already, I'd already, you know, pretty much hosed YouTube except for music. So I haven't even put any new music up there in a while. Jesus. So, so yeah. other than Substack, what have you been doing? 
I've actually written a lot of music and I'm and I'm in the process of recording it right now. You know, it just it nice. takes me it takes me a long fucking time to both get a I can do I've gotten to where I can get the recording done if I just do audio only and it's good. Mm-hmm. If if I but I I want to do, you know, I want to I want to do video as well and sure. that's not that's not as easy because I can't I can't do like like if I do audio only I can lay down one guitar track and then I can lay down another guitar track and then I can lay down the vocal track mm-hmm. because I can just record each of those right you know, separately individually and then layer them together right can't can't do that on video because Ooh, actually you kind of can well I can't because okay. I don't but you but know you if you want to Kind of can. You actually kind of can. Granted, Nick, it's it's work. I'm not gonna lie to you. It's fucking work. But as an example, if you wanted to create a song where the master track of the music is your final track, okay, you've mm-hmm. already mixed it and done whatever you wanted because that's the track, okay. But if you wanted to show, you know, you have one guitar, say an acoustic guitar, starts out the song. And that acoustic guitar plays throughout throughout the entire song. But then you also have an electric guitar that joins in at some point. And then, of course, vocals, bass, drums, whatever it is you wanted to do. There's a lot of work, and you may not be interested in that, but it can be done. And I know how to do that. Well, the problem is that I the problem is that if I if I if I record the main track on video, I've got, you know. And so what I have to do is, even if I have a separate mic for vocals and a separate mic for guitar or a line in for guitar, that vocal mic is still going to pick up the guitar. Sure. And I can't and I can't just sit there and, you know, I mean, I you know, I suppose I could I could do the guitar. I could do the I could just do the the vocal and then do the guitar later. But then. I've got to be playing while I'm singing or the timing's right. always going to be off. I can't just, I can't just, you know, do the guitar part later. So that, I don't, I don't know how you do that okay. without, without fucking all that. Up. Well, I'll, I'll give you an idea because I know exactly what you're talking about. Okay. Yeah. So if I, you know, and I'm going back 20 plus years, back to when technology wasn't what it is today, and you had to buy a four-track recorder or rent an eight-track or something like that. I I always did the rhythm guitar with the vocals, okay? Mm-hmm. So like your acoustic guitar or your main guitar, not your lead guitar or your additional guitars, but your 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 backbone, whether it's bass or it's an actual guitar or a keyboard, whatever it is. You lay that down about the same time you're laying down the vocals, okay? So that way you get the timing right. And then you go back later and do the overdub. You, you bring in the additional guitars, the bass guitar, whatever it is. There's ways to do that, especially today with technology that's not actually that difficult, especially when it comes to video editing, where as long as the timing matches, it doesn't matter because you're using the master track that you already laid down, where you went in and recorded everything aud- auditorially. You, you recorded the, the acoustic guitar, the 
lead guitar, the electric guitar, the drums, the bass, whatever you want. You've already made the track. So you do that in your audio format first. You lay down the song. You get it the way you want it and you're singing it. Whether you got yourself backing yourself up with vocals, whatever you want to do. You've already laid the track. And then it's just a matter of, okay, you're kind of literally playing along as you're fucking recording it video-wise. Yeah, but the problem is the problem is that when I lay down the initial track, I've got the guitar bleeding over into the vocal mic. Mm, and I, and, I, and okay. I, that's what I'm talking about. I can't. Okay. I want to be able to isolate the vocal track, mm. which is not easy to do. Now, I can always go back and, you know, because what I usually do is I usually, when I do just pure audio, I just, I double the vocal track, right? And right. then I'll add, you know, maybe I'll, I'll on the on the second, you know, on the duplicate vocal track, maybe I'll add more reverb or something. But when I, you know, whatever I want to do effects wise or processing wise, but then, but when I'm doing it, you know, when I'm, you know, if I'm playing slide and singing at the same time, then, you know, the slide playing, you know, bleeds it, you know, gets picked up by my, you know, by my vocal mic that I'm singing into. And so then I've got a little bit of that on the vocal track and that's where you know now and, and it's not that big a deal this is you know this is the point at where it bugs me because i want it to be you know i want it to be just the vocals on there i don't want to have any of that other bleed through shit on there but right. you know but one thing you know one thing i've also thought about doing is just you know just recording the whole just doing the whole thing you know letting all that shit bleed over and just you know and just putting it out like that, you know, and then doing a higher quality audio version, audio only version. Right. And that, you know, this is and I understand because of my own inner perfectionist. I get it. Right. But it is that, well, if you want it out there, even with bleed over, then put it out there. Because the stuff I've heard you do in the past yeah, the audio file, the 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 uh, audio mixer producer in me kind of went okay. But right. as just just as a listener, just going fuck it. I'm just listening to Nick's music. I'm not here to be the sound engineer. Okay, your music's great, of and course. that's and it's better to put it out there than to not put it out there. Yeah, I mean. I to be perfect and i get no yeah it. i yeah you know, you're absolutely right it's just i you know i get to a point where i start i start fiddling with shit and then get really specific with it and i'm like you know god damn it i want i want you know there'll, there'll be something on there i want to clean up the audio but then i mean i, I want to clean up the vocal but if i clean up the vocal um then it does something weird to the you know, to the ghost guitar that's on there and so it fucks that up and then when i had when i put it all back together it just doesn't sound right. And I listen to it and I'm like, you know, fuck. But, you know, you're right. I should, you know, what I should probably do is just treat the video just like, you know, this is, this isn't going to be the best audio version of it. So I just do a, I do a mediocre vi audio quality video recording. And then I also do a, you know, a, a, a much better, you know, audio only version right that you know that can just be listened to and not you know looked at whatever well hey and that's you know the fun thing is is yes dante i've got it i've got all the shit man <laughs> yeah he does have a daw 
Dante. He does. I already know what it is. I've got that. I've got two of those. I've got a, I've, I got two different software, you know, applications. I've got all of the, you know, hardware, digital audio interface shit. You know, I've got all my cables. I've got, you know, well, me, and I've got all this shit. yeah, the, the only thing from what I'm seeing from a technical standpoint, based on your specifications for the sound quality, because of bleed over all of that. Yeah. The only thing you're missing is not a software thing or a computer thing. It's literally a hardware as in our, in our, you know, in real life, IRL. It's like, oh, you need a booth to isolate your vocals, which costs you a lot of fucking money, or you need soundproofing in whatever room you want to do it in so that you can record like the guitar part and it dampens so there's not a lot of echo, reverb, all that shit that you can do in post. And then go back and, re, you know, redo the vocals over it. So, yeah, I could do it that way. But, you know, the, the audio only stuff, it, you know, for me, that works out great because I can... Cause I can go, I can get in there and I can, I can do a line in from the guitar into the, into the laptop and I can still sing it. But since I'm patching through, you know, the, you know, line to line, it doesn't pick up my voice. So I get, I get the bass guitar track down and then I can sing over it and then I can add extra guitar on top of that if I want to. So doing the audio only shit, you know, that, that works out good. It's just trying to do it with video on there that, Right. That it's, you know, it's kind of fucked. But again, you're not, you're not wrong. I end up, I, I tend to, once I, when I do technical shit, I end up being kind of a perfectionist. And, and I get it, yeah, but John it. Smith kind of nailed it. This is where lip sync comes in and all that shit where, Hey, you know, there's nothing wrong with it when it's you playing the instruments, it's you singing the song and if you need to do something like that so you don't get bleed over and all the other bullshit you're talking about, here's your answer. And dude, this you know this, Nick. This has been going on forever. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go for the video portion. It's literally you lip syncing it if that's what it comes down to. You're just like... Yeah, I can't do that. Well, I could, but I'm not gonna because I'd feel stupid. You know, you just do that shit. I can't believe it. Well, I, you know, I, I wrote... You know, I've written like 10 new songs and and one of, you know, some of them are serious, some of them are instrumentals, and then some of them are, you know, like, you know, the semi-humorous ones I used to do. And I just, I finished one just a couple of weeks ago called Red Flags or Green Lights. <laughs> and Jack's going to want credit, just so you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fuck that guy. We have the military. He has health care. We rule. <laughs> We have, we have the military. He has farmers revolts. So, mm-hmm. all right. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Private chat. Yeah. 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 That's, I was, I was glad because it was the other, I was going to be very disappointed. So. Oh, dude, dude. Going off of that private chat, dude, there's, there's stories there too. Yeah. There's, there's stories there too. Trust me. I, hit me up privately. I'll tell you fucking Shit. stories. This, at this point, I don't even want to know. Right. I know too much already. <laughs> That's the beauty, which kind of goes back to the title of this show and what I've been talking about. Guys, when you've been here, and here is the internet, it's the manosphere, the gate, 
the gay monastery. It's dating apps. It's all of that shit. It's MySpace and Facebook and Tinder and Twitter and Instagram and WhatsApp. Dude, guys, and I'm not saying this as a flex, but I am Methuselah. <laughs> I've been on the internet since the late 90s, okay? I've been here longer than some of you guys have been alive. Oh, it's true. Not saying that is a flex. It's not a flex, but I've been around for a very long time and I've seen literally it all. I've seen it all. I've seen how things evolve uh, and some of them are organic and they're more natural. And hey, what do you know? This person's for real. Okay. I've seen things evolve from bulletin boards and blogs and websites on, uh, shit, what was the name of that fucking website? It was part of Yahoo. Uh, shit. Someone help me out here. One of you guys, someone in the, in the crowd, Jordan, one of you fuckers have got to be a veteran. You know, there's, there's a website that used to exist where you could create your own, uh, website. You had to code it by uh, hand. You had to do your own HTML it was a what you see is what you get in some cases, but otherwise you had to know the language. Okay, Fire Cities is what I think it was called. Something like that. I've seen the internet evolve from that to what we're looking at today with dating apps and Twitter and Facebook and Instagram where you have like five, six major social media apps. Otherwise, there's nothing, okay? And it's all the same regurgitated content now. It's all the same outrage. It's all, hey, there's a blue moon. There's a red moon. There's, you know, Trump did this, whatever. It's whatever to get you guys emotional. I've seen it go from people talking about their passions and their thoughts and going, where does belly, belly button lint come from? <laughs> Which sounds incredibly stupid now, but back then it was kind of fun because people, they weren't trying to get likes. They weren't trying to get uh, clout. They weren't posting their kids on the internet for fame. Okay. I've, I've kind of seen it all. That's why I say I'm Methuselah. I've been here. I've seen the evolution and the direction I see it going. Guys, there's been a couple of times tonight as I'm doing my little social experiment with Instagram to WhatsApp, talking to these accounts, and so far they're failing the test, but they're getting better. And this is what you are going to encounter. That's all I'm saying. It's not what might happen. It's happening now because I'm witnessing it, and even I'm struggling to keep up with it. I'm struggling to go, shit, is this real or is this Memorex? That's why I wanted to do this show, because if this is what's going on today, right now, and I'm witnessing it, and I am the biggest cynic in the world, because I've been here since before 2000. I'm Methuselah. I've heard and seen it all. And yet here it is. And I'm like, damn, is that real? Or is it Memorex? Well, it's going to be really bad when AI Rob says gets on there and starts, you know, 
No pretending, shit. Pretending to be you and, you know. Dude, you know what? I think that day is coming. I'm oh, yeah. looking at it. I'm looking at it as I'm going to start getting comments or emails or something. Somebody's going to go, dude, that was so great what you said the other night. And I'm going to be like, oh, thanks, man. What night was this? And they're going to be like, oh, it was a Wednesday. And I'm like, I wasn't online. On it was Wednesday. a Wednesday when you were talking about holding women accountable for a change. Right. And yeah, yet I'm be like, what the fuck? I never said that. Yeah. And then someone throws me the link and holy shit, there I am. But it's not me. That's kind of the direction this is going if it keeps going the way it is. And that's the part that has me concerned. Concerned for myself when it's like, dude, I'm having a struggle to figure out other than let's fucking meet up. And that's the part for you guys watching. You have to have the meetup. It's going to become essential. It's going to become an absolute because anything else, if what I'm seeing that's already here and what's coming, you're going to have no alternative but to say, let's fucking meet up. And if they show up, then it's them. Holy shit, you're for real. Otherwise, it's bullshit. Hey, you're right, Bacon. Where is McTubus tonight? No shit. Oh my God. John Smith is fucking from the old days. GeoCities. There you go. I built, I built some web. In fact, that's how I learned to build websites when I when I got into web development. Is the first thing I did was I would I started uh, I'd build I'd build websites on GeoCities with their WYSIWYG editor, and then uh, I would, yeah, what you see is what you get. Yeah, and WYSIWYG. then I Love but then. It. But then they all, but then you could build a website that way, but then you could switch over to HTML and see what the code was. So then I, that's how I learned initially yeah. to code Dude, HTML. That's, I, that's exactly how I learned to code HTML was going back through a WYSIWYG and fucking doing it to HTML to see what it was showing. And this was no. like 90, 1995 or mm -hmm. some shit. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was, it was a long fucking time ago. It was back when the Mosaic web browser was still out there because that was like that was the that was one of the proto web browsers that I think that's how that's how far back it is. And that's how old I'm getting. But it was like it, it predated Explorer and Netscape and all that shit, because I remember when Firefox came out, I was like, you know, God damn, this is the best web browser ever. Well, what I what I'm what I'm here for is when is when AI Kate gets on there and, you know, starts trolling for brokies. <laughs> yeah, Netscape was, Netscape was shit. I can't remember the last time I saw Netscape, but that was, I mean, Netscape was, was the shit until Explorer came along and Explorer gradually whittled away a lot of Netscape's market share, but then Firefox popped up. Yep. And competed with Explorer. And then Opera came along and, you know, and back, you know, around, you know, 98 to 2002, I, I, I got that book by Jeffrey Zeldman about designing with web standards and using CSS for all your styles and separating styles, style sheets from, you know, HTML. So I got into doing that and, and then started, you know, incorporating PHP and dynamic shit in there. And that, you know, I just went, I just kept, I, I kept a hard press on that for like 20 years. Oh God, Netscape, man. That was my go-to browser. 
25 years ago type of thing that you know like in 95 that's what everybody fucking used was that. well because you know when explorer came along it was clunky it was bulky it had a lot of bugs it was slow to load whatever it was it had active x do you guys fucking remember active x okay i do and man, there was so many fucking problems with that between viruses and exploits and all kinds of bullshit. So you just went with Netscape because ah, you were relatively safe from bullshit on the internet. Netscape was so much quicker, cleaner, lighter, faster, less memory. Oh man, those see now that's that's the good old days. I remember Netscape. Yeah, Dante. Uh, the you know, funny enough. The last the last coding project I did, even though I was a I was a Ruby on Rails guy for 15 years, but then my very last the last sizable coding project that I I did was in 2021, and it was it was all fucking PHP just like it was at the beginning, which I thought was kind of funny. That was that was the first the first shit I used was actually Perl. Oh that's yeah, how, that's how old Perl. I am dot ps <laughs> i was writing i was writing fucking pearl scripts and then and then i stumbled across php and i was like yeah fuck pearl and so i mean pearl's great for like language processing and shit like that but as far as dynamic website content yeah php was much better so yeah. i switched to php and, and did php until like 2004 2005 and then once rails <laughs> came out i just I totally went with Ruby for the next Jeez. 15 years. What started out as a relationship fucking type of, you know, dating intergender dynamics relationship just turned into a couple of old black hat fucking hackers <laughs> having a conversation about fucking language. Dante, you're too young to know. You're a commie anyway, so shh, you know, let the men talk. You know, PH, I, I always like, you know, I, I, I got, you know, PHP, MySQL got me going. And then, and then I, when I, once I, but once I discovered Python and Perl, I mean, Python and uh, Ruby, the syntax was just so much better. And it was so, it, the, you know, just coding was more pleasant and it was easier to maintain for me. And then between Python and, and Ruby, I went with Ruby. Although, you know, Python is just as good, if not, you know. It, it, back then it was certainly better because Ruby had to get uh, Ruby had to go through a lot of changes and Rails had to go through a shitload of changes to get really, you know, get really usable. <laughs> Do you like our owl? Uh, you know what? I'm not laughing about that, Nick. I'm looking at the, the count of how many people are still in the chat. When you started talking about Perl and Python and all that, dude, the fucking numbers dropped. That's great. <laughs> No, I love it because that tells me the people who are still here either are like official fucking nerds or they're old school fucking hackers, man. Well, it's, here's. Oh, shit, man. We're getting into the real community now. Here's, you know, here, just to bring it all full circle. The first real outrage I had at women getting more attention for doing the same basic shit that men did was back in the like in the mid 2000s, you know, at every at every conference and in every coder group online there was it just like just like now where, you know, I can post pictures of me fishing on Instagram 
and pretty much nobody gives a shit except the people who know me and maybe right. a couple of others. But some chick in a bikini goes out and does the same shit, catches the same fish I do. And, you know, she's immediately got 50,000 followers. Right. Right. And, but food. that's what was happening in like mid 2000s. It's like any any fairly cute chick who also coded, no matter how good they were. And they typically weren't any better than anybody else, but they got all the fucking attention because mm-hmm. it was like, oh, look, you know, this is, you know, and, and it was it was made even triple, triple bad because, you know, most most coders are hor- are even worse with, uh, you know, even worse with chicks than the dudes on Twitter are. So, hey, Dante, don't be throwing shade at the chick with the electric guitar. All right. So it's the same thing, though. You know, chick gets out there and she plays the, you know, she plays the main riff and beat it. And everybody's like, oh, you're the best guitarist I've ever right. seen. I mean, that's just, I, that's I just don't it. watch the comments. I watch the cleavage. That's right. Well, the chick can play beat it or she can play the intro to Enter Sandman from Metallica. I don't give a fuck. I want to look at the boobs. Yeah. I don't care. But I know what you mean, Dante, because... Dude, when I get on TikTok, most of the shit I end up fucking, you know, that recommends to me is chicks playing electric guitar. And some of them are actually decent. They're not great. They're not bad. They're okay. Uh, They're as good as me, maybe better. And I'm like, yeah, I could do that. And I'd get, you know, two likes because Nick and Dante would be like, yay, you know, holding up their lighters. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but otherwise, I wouldn't get shit. Yeah, exactly. You'd be doing no Rob. Okay, but you know, some twenty-year-old something fucking plays the same riff, but she's got a set of Hooters. You know, fifty million likes, and everybody subscribes because that's the reality for most women. It's like, hey, oh, you have tits and a nice body, and you can play guitar a little bit. Hey, fuck it, I'll watch it. Because I do it. I admit it. I watch for the Hooters. That's why I don't give a shit that she's good or not. I'm not here to critique her guitar style. I don't give a fuck. It's like, oh, you have a nice set of tits. All right, I'll watch. Well, that's 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 the that's the superpower is to quit being outraged that, you know, it's getting more attention. They've always gotten more attention. They've always gotten more attention and they always will. Okay. So don't be pissed off or mad about it. Just accept that Hooters will get more attention than whatever it is you can do. You know, I'm an ace wizard in Python. I'm an ace wizard in Whatever, you know, in HTML, HTML5 or 6 or whatever fucking version we're at today. I, I'm this guy. Nobody gives a fuck, dude. Well, you know, but if we have tits, we care. That's in, how it goes. In full disclosure, I do still have my personal Instagram account. I just deleted the Nick August account. And the the people that I the the people that I follow on Instagram whose videos I enjoy watching is there's there's a dog rescue. There's a old Italian grandma who must be like 75 years old who does who just she just does this cooking shit. So and I watch her and then there's this other dude on there that restores old iron skillets. <laughs> And 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 that shit, I will watch that shit all fucking day because he does he does this thing. He's called Cast Iron Chris or something, 
And he does like people send him their old fucked up cast iron skillets from a hundred years ago. Refurbishes them. Yeah. And he's got like he's got an uh an electrolysis tank or some shit. And he's got a he's got a lye bath and he's got a vinegar bath. And he'll like these old fucked up, rusty, encrusted. Yeah, just fucked up beyond repair. He'll, he he'll drop it in the electrolysis tank and leave it in there for 24 hours, and it gets most of that shit and that rust just comes right off. And then he then he then he reseasons it or he does some extra cleaning up if it needs it and then he reseasons it and between that and the old italian grandma that makes you know pickled eggplant and shit i'll <laughs> i'll watch that shit all day long you know same hey but that's the old internet that you're yeah, talking yeah that is that that really it, is it really is hey john smith I left your comment up here for a fucking reason. We're going to find out right here and now. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to say something and I expect a response. If I get either the wrong response or I get no response, then you're a bot. Okay. Oh, shit. Here we go. You mentioned Lita Ford. I get it. So I got, it's a two part thing. Here's part a, I went to a party last Saturday night. I didn't get laid. Finish the sentence. I can finish that. I know you can, Nick, but I want John <laughs> to finish it. And then I have a second part. Shit. Uh. I have a second part, but I'm waiting for his response to finish the lyrics. I I went to a party last Saturday night. I didn't get laid. He was too slow. Now you can look. He could look it up. But there's a second part. Hmm. There's another part. And it's not lyrics. Okay, so John got part A correct. I got in a fight. Uh huh. It, it ain't, ain't no, no big, big thing. thing. Yeah. Well, you got to say it right. It ain't no big thing. <laughs> so John, second part, buddy. Here's where the you know the five thousand dollar pyramid question comes. Who wrote the song? Mm. Nick, do you know? I have I a know. guess. I have a guess, but I don't know. Well, I know who wrote the song, and it wasn't Lita Ford. If it wasn't Lita, hit me up in the private, Nick. Give me your have, give me your best guess. I'll, I know who it is, and I'll tell if I'll tell you if you're right or wrong. I just want to see if fucking John's on point here. Yeah, I have a I have a guess. This is kind of fun. I I need the whole uh, Jeopardy fucking music, the clock thing. The you don't have that on your thing. No, I need to get it. Because I need to throw that in there. Oh, no. God damn it, John, you motherfucker. Where is it at? Yeah, I, don't, I don't know who wrote it. Nikki was, Six. No way. Yeah. Nikki Six wrote Kiss Me Once. Or technically, it's Kiss Me Deadly. Nikki Six of Motley Crue wrote that song. I'm going to have to look that up. because I'm. Yeah, gonna... look it up. Look it up. Nikki Six wrote the song. It says Mick Smiley wrote it. I don't know who the fuck that is, but I know it was Nikki Six. It says Mick Smiley is a singer and bass player. He is known for providing the song Magic for Ghostbusters and writing Kiss Me Deadly for Lita Ford. Smiley's mm. real name is Mark Sipola. Hmm. Well, maybe I'm learning something new because I remember that it was Nikki Six. Uh, unless, unless Mark Sipola is Nikki Six, maybe. And it but could be. That's what, what I'm almost wondering. Yeah, look that up. 
Let's go down the goddamn rub rabbit. Well, we got to now. You know, I'm going to be at them. Here we are. We're going to be fucking, yeah, at them. Look that up. Because I can swear to God, it was Nikki Six that wrote the song. Let's see. Is his name. No, his real name is Frank Carlton Serafino Ferrana Jr. Oh, wow. I need to play the sad trombone for me then. Because yeah, or I'm playing Nikki Six. Yeah, I would have I would have guessed. I remember uh, hearing it that it was Nikki Six that wrote that fucking song. I was gonna yeah, I would have guessed Joan Jett. Uh, so what have I originally, but again, 20 plus years ago, I remember seeing somewhere probably on the internet because it's true that it was Nikki six. That you might've been, you might've been drunk when you read it and you just, I might've, you know, it, it's like my mom was adamant that the tornado that hit Utah 20, actually like 27 years ago was an F5. And I had to fucking pull it up on the internet, of course, going through, you know, the Wayback Machine to tell her, no, mom, it was an F2. Because she wouldn't buy it. She wouldn't buy it. I can't see how it had to be some really strange weather for an F5 to be able to form out there because you need a hell of a lot of humidity. Oh, dude. And if an F5 had touched down in Salt Lake City in downtown, where that, scoured that it, shit. Yeah. it would have demolished all of downtown. Okay. That was my point to my mom. 20, you know, this was probably like 10 years ago when her and I got into that argument that she was like, oh, it was an F5. And I'm like, no, it wasn't. She's like, yes, it was. I'm like, no, mom, an F5 is the finger of God. There yeah. would have been no downtown if if that's what would have hit. Oh, yeah, that's what happened. I'm like, no, it isn't. And she would not buy it. And I'm like, fuck it. So I had to pull up the Salt Lake Tribune. And I'm like, look, here it is. And it was an F2 because I was oh, there. I was, there was fucking a, there when that there was an F- touched down. There was an, we got an F4 in Huntsville, Alabama in 1989 and where it came through and it came through like part of my stomping grounds and there were a lot of shopping centers and a few houses and other shit there. It fucking, it looked like, you know, those, you know, those like model houses and stuff that architects build out of cardboard, you know, to scale and they're, they're built out of like this really thin cardboard and they'll plan out a whole city and they'll build everything out of that. Everything was just leveled out. It was like something came in and there was a bunch of little cardboard houses and it was just like they dropped, you know, 45 pound weights on them all and just crushed the shit out of everything. It was like, it was the biggest fucking mess I've ever seen in my life. And, uh, and that was, and it was an F4. So, you know, it would, it would have, it would have to, you would have to have almost, you have almost total destruction when that shit comes through. Right. Exactly. I'm kind of a tornado dork. Yeah. I used to be. Dude, I I still am kind of a tornado dork. We, we do get tornadoes in Utah, not like Texas, not like Alabama, not like tornado alley, but we do get them, which is why in like 1990, I think it was either 97 or 98 was when that F2 touched down. Okay. And it hit downtown. It was such a big deal because we don't get them downtown. We get them out in over the Great Salt Lake. 
which is then, you know, technically a water spout. And we get them over in, you know, bumfuck Egypt somewhere where nobody fucking lives. Nobody knew it happened. Nobody got hurt. Nothing happened. But the radar picked up on the cell activity and said, oh, shit. We had an F2 over here. We had an F1 over here. We had an F0 over here. But they're always out in the middle of fucking nowhere where nobody lives. That's just Utah because that's how big Utah is. So when you get an F2 that touches down in civilization, everybody sits up and takes notice unless you're my, you know, deceased mother who then creates a fiction in her head and says that was the finger of God. And it's like, no, it wasn't. It was, it was awesome. It was impactful. And F2 is nothing to laugh off or shake your finger no. at, kids. It's no. a fucking serious tornado. But it's not a fucking F5. It's it not just, the finger of God. Yeah, it's just not as it's not as wide. It doesn't cover as much right. ground. But if you're, you know, if you're if you're if around you're, it, you're fucked. Yeah, you're pretty much fucked. I mean, Dante says is that as scary as they say it is. I've been I've been in two tornadoes in Alabama, you know, throughout my life. And I mean, it's like the only thing, the only thing good about it is that the two that I were in, they're scary. The the two that I were in, they just, they come, they come through so fast that it's, you know, it's almost, it's over, it's almost over before you know it, at least where I was. That's how it happened for me. Now I've never been, and and these were like F1, F2s. These weren't like, you know, F4s and F5s. Cause that, I mean, I, I can't see how those don't make you shit your pants. We haven't, you know, and it's, and it's funny cause we haven't, we haven't gotten as many tornadoes in the last several years that we did like the night, like the late eighties and nineties, early two thousands. I remember being way worse lately. Mm-hmm. We haven't had any now down here where I live in South Alabama. Now we hardly ever get them because we just, we live in a seam where for whatever reason, they just, they tend to not come through here very much, but we did, we did actually had one come through my neighborhood in 2010, 2009 or something. And, uh, it didn't hit, it didn't hit my house. It was like, it was like, not really. It was like two streets over and, uh, they had a lot of houses destroyed, but it was mainly because of trees falling and losing, losing roofs and shit. It wasn't, I don't think it was on the ground. I think it was in the air when it came through. And that could be, that's the fun thing about tornadoes. When I think about that one back in the day, okay. When it touched down for all the, the trad con religious crowd, the thing they, they liked to point out was that it hit and demolished a gay bar. Okay. <laughs> Cause it did. There was a place called the brick. Okay. And it was a gay bar in salt Lake and it fucking demolished that thing. Okay. Ah, this is God's God. judgment. Yep, God's judgment. On the and gays. Then, but here's the part that they conveniently, you know, do 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 do. We're just we're not going to talk about that. It also hit an elementary school and demolished that too. It's like, oh, well, you know, they didn't like, the, you know, that's God saying he doesn't like the gays. Well, apparently he doesn't like children either. Little kids he either. Demolished <laughs> fucking elementary school too, and then it went. It went, because when it touched down, it hit and then went northeast, okay? So it started off 
with the Delta Center. It ripped a quarter of the roof off because apparently it doesn't like the Utah Jazz. But eh, at the same time, they're kind of okay because we didn't demolish the Delta Center. We just took the roof off and took a side off and said, you're on watch, Utah Jazz. Stop fucking around. Then it went and hit the gay bar. Fuck the gays, okay? Then it went on to hit the elementary school because fuck the children. Yeah, and then it too. went along, right along like it, the, the crosshairs were on the state capitol. That it's like we're going northeast, we're going to the capitol. But we didn't hit the capitol because, eh, well, I'm just, you guys are being warned. And then it hit a whole bunch of houses in the avenues. And then it kind of petered out and went away. That's yeah, Jordan, Tuscaloosa is a little bit north, but it's more west central. That's that's the, the, the worst part for Alabama is typically west central from the Mississippi line and then taking sort of a sort of a, uh, you know, an easterly track till about Birmingham, just just west of Birmingham. And then it typically they typically curve up to the northeast and come up through Jasper and Double Springs and Coleman. And that's where a lot of the worst ones end up coming through. And I think it's because of where the, you know, where the where the cold fronts and the warm fronts meet. It just tends to be right there is where the worst shit happens. Huntsville's gotten a lot of bad ones. Every now and then we'll get something a little nasty south of Birmingham, but it's usually it's usually the northern half of Alabama that gets, you know, that gets raked over the coals for that. And you know, what's funny about that April 2011 tornado was I was I was on my about a month after that, I was on my way back to the Atlanta airport. I was in Boston at Logan and I was I was standing there at the gate. We were just waiting for them to call us to board. And there was a dude standing next to me immediately to my left. And there was this chick standing next to him immediately to his left. And the dude next to me and I, the weather was bad. And for some reason, I mentioned that tornado in April of 2011 or whenever it was in 2011. I'll take your word for it because I don't remember. And he was like, oh, shit. Yeah, um, I'm from Huntsville and, you know, X, Y, Z. And I was like, no shit, I am too. You know, he was about my age. And I was like, where, where did you, what part of town were you, did you grow up in? And he was, and he was, he started telling me and I was telling him, you know, where I grew up and he, we went to different high schools, but we were kind of close to each other. And then, then the chick standing next to him said, well, I live in Huntsville too. I grew up there. And so and she was, she was a lot younger than us. And so she was telling us where she grew up. And I was like, what are that? What are the weird fucking odds that you know three people that grew up in Huntsville are all standing shoulder to shoulder next to each other, you know, at a at a at an airline gate, you know, in Boston, at the same time? That was that was wild. Well, you know, McTubus McTubus bitches about you know us having the same conversation for three years, but then. You know, last week when I, you know, started going in depth about the nobility and all that kind of shit, trying to bring, you know, some extra value, he complained about that too. So you're never going to, you know, you're never, you can't, you can't live your life to please McTubus because, <laughs> you know, I feel badly for his wife. <laughs> oh, no shit. You moved to Huntsville in 96. What part of town you live in? Because my family still lives there. Well, yeah, I know Huntsville, but what part of town? What part of Huntsville? Hey, see, we're determining AI versus real. 
There you go. Well, he could be he could be AI, and you know he could he could tell me some fake neighborhood that doesn't exist. Although Huntsville's grown so much, there's a lot of yeah. But that's where that's where I grew up, southeast. Okay. That was the that was the that was the happening place initially. That's where when we first moved to Huntsville, that's where we we settled in southeast, and then then I moved. I, I and I when my parents divorced, we stayed in southeast, but we moved a little bit farther west. But we we're still in south, one of the southeast zip codes. But yeah, I went to Weatherly Elementary School back in the back in the grade school days. Then I went to Whitesburg Middle. But that whole that whole end of town has generally escaped the serious tornado damage. It's mainly been more in the middle of middle of Huntsville that always seems to get hit. <laughs> because it's elementary kids, gays and trailer parks. That's, That's right. That's right. <laughs> Well, I mean, when it when it came through, when it that one in '89 that came through, shit, they that leveled like that leveled schools, churches, shopping centers, a drive-in movie theater, if that was still standing there. I think I think it was. It leveled all kinds of shit. Oh, I got I got a reply to Dante here. Yeah, I had a lot of friends went to Mountain Gap too. I, I was kind of I was almost. I was I was in Weatherly School District, but I was close to Mountain Gap, so I played baseball with a lot of kids from Mountain Gap. Dante, mm. it's not that the space is too fast. Okay, I get it; it's unreadable, but it's not because it's too fast. It's because it's on repeat. You're still looking for content. Here's the truth: there's no content anymore. It's just outrage. You want content? Go back to early Reddit before things got put into a dumpster fire. So Dante, back, just go read Moby Dick. You'll be fine. <laughs> I almost want to let that one go. I hate that book. <laughs> right? Seriously, there's nothing new that's been said. Everybody's ripping off everybody else and not giving cred and all that. And I've only been here since 2017 as far as the gay monastery. But I've been on the internet since Methuselah, okay? It's just on repeat, which is why I say robots, AI, okay? Like I said, guys, after the show, go in to, to YouTube, type in dead internet theory. And whatever the response is, you'll see probably a recap where it's about a two hour long video. That's the video you want to watch. I'm telling you, because I'm like, shit, I remember MySpace and GeoCities and, and Yahoo and all that back in the day when graphics sucked and it took forever to download a song, but everybody had a voice. And it was none of the bullshit you see today. None of it. Well, even even on even on Twitter, because I was on Twitter back in, you know, I got an early invite because I had a friend who ended up working at Twitter and he got me in on like, you know, when Twitter first launched, you had to have an invite code to create an account as an as an early adopter or whatever. So I got a code and like and and I was on Twitter like 2006, 2007, whenever that was around that area, I think around that time. And like, it was not, Twitter was nothing like it is now. And Correct. You know, people were mainly just sharing links to shit. That's all Twitter was. Nobody was really having discussions Link about anything. And, and shit that went down in real time. 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. We'd be giving you updates like, you know, oh shit, you know, here's the weather. Here's this fucking F5 tornado or here's this that was in real fucking time. And if I remember on the ground, you couldn't post pictures and shit back then. It was just 140 characters. And then, and so it's funny because I, I, I mostly got off Twitter around then. I worked for some companies where we had, we had a Twitter presence, but I wasn't, I didn't, I wasn't involved with that. And then the next time I got back on Twitter was like 2018, 2019, where Twitter was totally different from what I had remembered it being. And I was like, oh shit, I'm going to have to create a, you know, I'm going to start creating a, I'm going to have to create a fake anonymous account because, you know, everybody on here is crazy now. Right. That's the point, guys. This I was is conceived why- in Huntsville. This is why I'm saying, you know, this is why I, I, it, it all goes back to the title of the show, Love and Bots, okay? We want to keep it kind of rule zero, where it's about sexual strategy and for you guys to do better with women and get the outcomes you want in your life. I'm doing, like I said, a thought, T-O-A, you know, T-H-O-T, whatever you want to call it, a thought experiment. To see what is coming, what is here, and what I'm seeing, what I'm interacting with right now as we're doing this video. I'm I'm fucking WhatsApping. And I'm like, man, if this is the future, there's going to be a lot of young men who, or a lot of inexperienced men, doesn't matter your age, that do not stand a chance. Because if I'm having a hard time distinguishing Memorex or live. Some of you guys do not stand a chance, which goes to, well, but Rob, how, how, how do you deal with this? You meet them in real life. So if they're in Maryland or, and you're not anywhere near Maryland or they're in San Francisco and you're not anywhere near San Francisco or they're wherever, if they're not I don't know. You you decide your boundary. For me, it's 30 minutes. So they got to be in Utah. It's like, oh, you got to be 30 minutes away if I'm going to drive. Okay. Anything else is bullshit. Whether it's real or not, it's bullshit. I need 30 minutes. That's the tops. So about a 25 mile radius is what I'm willing to do. Anything else, it's all bullshit. Whether it's real or not, it doesn't matter. Okay. That's that whole I don't give a fuck. I can't believe and- Ty Cobb was conceived at Redstone Arsenal. Sorry, didn't mean to interrupt. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. I've never Ooh. known anybody. I've never known anybody conceived at Redstone Arsenal, but I've known people who were practicing for conception in the woods there. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing wrong with practicing. Okay. This is the part that this is why I wanted to do this show. Okay. Because nobody, as far as I've seen, and granted, I'm not claiming, you know, a founder status or anything like that, but I've really never seen anyone talking about this right now. It's what, where's the dating landscape going? And since I'm still in the trenches, yeah, I got a girlfriend, you know, or a woman that shows up when I want her to show up. I show up where things happen and we have our moments and it's all good. Okay. But I'm Methuselah. I've been here for a thousand years. 
I've watched things evolve. And usually I like to tell myself I'm pretty fucking good at picking out the fakes. And yet at the same time, I'm like, shit, it's getting harder. Okay. Uh, with the exception of what's the golden rule besides there are no women on the internet. Rule number two would be meet them in person. And if you want to drive, walk, fly, whatever you want to do, if that's what it takes, then do that. I've done it. I've got on an airplane to meet women. Hey, what do you know? She turned out to be real. But that was fucking 15 years ago. That was 10 years ago. Today, I'm like, Jesus, I don't know, man. It's If these are real, it's getting hard to tell the real from the fake. So, guys, I, I do not envy you, okay? And if I had to, you know, if the belly dancer decided, yeah, I don't want to do this anymore, or if I decided I don't want to do this anymore, I would probably go back to, you know, old school PUA, cold approach, you know, meet them in the bar, whatever, meet them at the grocery store, because at least, you know, that's not a fucking robot yet, okay? At least you know for now they're real. Anything else online, man, I don't know anymore. It's getting harder to tell because this is the AI that we've talked about, but not really. And it's already here. Where is it going to go from here is the question. Nick, Dude, do you have anything would, you want to add? That would be such a good, yeah, like think of a movie. It's like Blade Runner meets Porky's. <laughs> It kind of is. That's the crazy thing. It's Blade Runner meets Porky's meets Idiocracy. So you've got you got these dudes going out, you know, and trying to pick up chicks, and they have and they have to they have to they have to figure out whether it's a bot, a tranny, or or a oh, genuine man. woman. <laughs> See, we didn't have to worry about that shit, you know, in the eighties, <laughs> right? And that's the point, you know, that's the part where I, I look at it and I think, you know, I'm glad I'm the age I am, but you know, because I'm Gen X, I'm pre-internet when you had to have game, you had to have social calibration, you had to do sneaker net where you passed notes physically and you went up and talked to them. And I also was part of that group that, oh, here's this thing called the internet. Oh, yeah, it's a phase. It's a fad. Whatever. Oh, it turns out, wow, you were wrong there, buddy. But, hey, I've been able to assimilate both worlds. I, I, I walk in both worlds. I walk in the real and I walk in the internet. But it's becoming much more difficult now for me to go, is this fucking real or is this bullshit? And if you have to ask, I would say on the safe side, default to rule number one, which is there are no women on the internet. Rather, that's some 58-year-old guy sitting in prison typing on Twitter for his jollies, or it's AI learning from us because it's interacting with us to be better, to be more human. Okay. Because dude, it's here, it's coming. And if this is what we're already seeing, what's next? That's kind of my point. That's why I'm having this 
not a crisis, but an existential question. You know, everyone, oh, only fans. And yeah, but as far as we know, that's a real chick. As far as we know. But when you're not throwing money at them and they're hitting you up unsolicited, you're just doing your thing. You're posting your food pics or your your ATV or your bass fishing or the fact that you got a four-point trophy from hunting or you're working on razors, whatever it is. You know, you're doing your thing in some random account hits you up. I remember in the mid eight. I remember in the mid eighties when I found out about email and it, it fucking blew my mind. So you're dude, same here. You're having the same, you're having the same thing. Yeah. Only this is today. This is 2023 and it's and I, way more complex than it was back in the day when you and I were doing it. And I barely use email anymore either. Same here, dude. I had to have the belly dancer remind me, hey, check your fucking email. Oh, yeah, yeah. I got to look at something, apparently, because I literally never check it because I got other shit going on. I I, email is like the worst way to get a hold of me. Okay, but she had to remind me. Oh, yeah, yeah. I got to go through all this junk, all this crap. Oh, yeah, there's the thing. Okay, but here we are. This is today, 2023. Is it real or is it Memorex? And just because they send you a picture doesn't mean it's real. And I'm even to the point now from my little experiment that I'm doing, I don't even know if video is entirely real. So that's where I'm like, Jesus, when in doubt, meet up, go, okay. Hey, this is you. Fine. Great. Whatever. Let's meet up before you do anything that can compromise you, whether it be some kind of an act or it be monetarily, whatever it is, secure the meetup. Otherwise, it's all bullshit would be my my advice, my consideration, my thoughts. Oh, Gene Simone. Hey, I got to throw the the thing. There it is. Gene Simone LaRose for the Canadian $5. Thank you very much. I like the soft rebellion talk last week. I joined the army for my soft rebellion. Yeah, well, we all go through the soft rebellion. That's one of those things. That's that's your, you know, right of manhood, right of passage, whatever you want to call it. Okay. We all go through a soft rebellion. I did. Nick did. Everybody here who's an adult, whether you're in your 20s, your 30s, your 40s, your 50s, y'all did it. We all did it. It, it that is your right of passage. My okay? soft rebellion was to go in the ministry. <laughs> well, there you go. Mine was to go off into college and then start sleeping with a bunch of women. Okay. (laughs) It just was. But then there's the hard rebellion where not only do you go, fuck you, mom and dad, you get to the point where you don't even bother saying that. You're just like, bye. And you never look back. And that's what a lot of these accounts that talk, you know, trad, you know, trad values. Let me show you my kids, you know, fuck trophies for clout. Okay. I'm looking at it going, oh, you're creating the next hard rebellion. You think your kids are yours until they're not. 
until they go, they don't just say, fuck you, mom and dad. That's a soft rebellion. They go off and join the Peace Corps. They go in the military. They, they fuck a bunch of strange women, whatever. But then they come around and go, ah, you know, maybe you were right. You know, I thought I knew everything at 18, 21, 25. But I realized, ah, man, maybe, maybe you were right. No, these are the people that just go, okay, bye. And you never hear from them again. That's what's coming for a lot of these uh, Hunter Drew guys mm. or a lot of these women. You name them, I don't care. I don't want to know. It's like, oh, you're dealing with eight-year-olds. Good luck with that because mm -hmm. I see the hard rebellion coming because I know people my age, my generation, who pulled a hard rebellion. And that's not a Gen X thing. That's a human thing. That's a life thing. But it's like, ah, you're going to fuck around and find out. So choose wisely. I got to take my vitamins and go to bed. Same here. Kids, hey, it's hey, been no fun. Shit. Yeah, no shit. I'm kind of there with you. So, hey, kids, we're going to call it a night. We'll see you on the next one. Laura, good laugh. And I think I lived it right Bet there's a big old orgy waiting for me in the sky I'm sure behind them pearly gates there's booze and weed and pills But if there ain't sluts in heaven, Lord send me down to hell Cheers, motherfuckers.